Hi, I'm Paul Camillos. Join me and my co-host Jacinta Gavin for Series 4 of Shooting the Breeze. We cover women's hoops and women in hoops. We talk to inspiring players, amazing coaches and the legends behind the scenes and at the grassroots of the game. During this series we'll be covering the FIBA Women's World Cup where the 12 best teams of the planet are coming to Sydney. And of course, we'll be covering Australia's longest running women's professional sporting league, the WNBL, in its 43rd season. Hit that subscribe button, like and review so we can get more Hoops content to you. Ten years in Africa, you realise that the world wants to promote differences. And really, at the heart of it, especially when it comes to female coaches, we're all facing the same challenges, the same barriers. A coach in Zambia is facing the same challenge that someone in Melbourne, Australia is facing. There's no different. And so I really want the network to be that coach to the power of the network. In an Australian podcast first, Shooting the Breeze regular coach Liz Mills joins us with her twin sister Vic as they launch their Global Women in Basketball coaching network. Liz is renowned for making hoops history as the first woman to head coach a men's national team at an African continental championship and co-founder Vic is an accomplished leader in the global consulting services industry. We explore the universal challenges for women in basketball coaching and from different walks of life and get a glimpse into the remarkable female coaches that form the leadership group, including previous pod guest, Sydney Kings assistant coach, Fleur McIntyre. It's a remarkable close-up view of two trailblazers with a shared history of coaching basketball in their youth, on their vision for positive change and a lasting legacy. In Liz's own words, it's our role to change that narrative. We rise by lifting others, and that's what we should be doing with this network. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze. Joining me as always, my co-host Jacinta Gavin. And today we are joined by Coach Liz Mills and her sister Vic on a special day because you guys have launched your Global Women in Basketball Coaching Group. And they only did that like four hours ago, which is great. Yes, it's a big day for both of us. Um, we've been working on this um, program or project, I'd say, uh, probably since AfroBasket last year. It was um, something that Vic and I had discussed. Um, and, you know, then I ended up going to Morocco and that kind of put this project on hold until that season was over. And since coming back in June, July, um, we've been working together in getting the page on Facebook ready to be launched today. Yeah, no, it's um, it's been a big, big project in terms of all the preparation that's gone into it. Liz has obviously dedicated a lot of her time to making sure it was a successful launch. As you said, Paul, we launched only a couple of hours ago and I think we're, we're already up to 100 people uh, knocking on the Facebook door. I think Liz didn't maybe mention this really, but for her, a big part of you know, the inspiration behind doing this project was, okay, yes, she's been able to achieve quite a number of records in the last year, 18 months, and was like, what is going to be her lasting legacy? What will she be remembered for? So I think, you know, the fact that Liz was willing to see beyond potentially that short-term goal and yet 
she's she's been working out in Africa for over 10 years, but it was, what can I leave behind? What's that vision? It's a really important thing because I see a lot of, and, and I'm sure you do too, Jacinta, there's a lot of opportunities and they never get capitalized on for female coaches. Yes. And, and I also find that, that they're, there's no nice way to put this, but they're not, in a lot of cases, they're not seen as equal to male coaches. A hundred percent. A lot of the time, and Jacinta, you you could probably speak to this as well. We spend so much time trying to be part of the boys club. And I sat back and said, well, there are enough of us to create a women's club or a girls club. We operate in silos or, you know, there might not be enough of us at a single club, but how many female coaches are there globally? There's got to be thousands, right? And so if we could find a way to connect, then we, we start to build each other up and we start to promote each other. And imagine if within this network, one of the end goals would be, hey, we have a position at this club available and within our network, we can find coaches. And so that's how we can start holding each other accountable, raising each other up, which is basically the the network's um, tagline is engage, empower, and elevate. And so that would be a perfect scenario, you know, down the line once we've built this network into something that could be able to do that. Yeah, definitely the strength in numbers thing rings true. Um, I think especially our generation, we're still on that cusp of growing up, you know, um, yeah, like you said, in silos and not with the idea of like um, having strength in numbers, supporting other women, promoting other women, and always that underlying idea of like having to compete with other women for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so things like this, this is great because it bridges a big gap of having a, an international female coaches network. But at the same time, I'm like, why hasn't this happened before? It's just like a no-brainer. Um, but I suppose it, it takes two very, very intelligent brains to get together and say, okay, let's do it. But, yeah, it's it's a no-brainer, bridging a big gap, like I said, but I think it does kind of also reflect that we are generally working as individuals instead of collectives because that's just how we've weirdly kind of grown up. So now it's time to smash another ceiling in that sense. <laughs> Well, exactly. And I think what, you know, and Vic can speak to this uh, as well, is 10 years in Africa, in Africa, you realize that the world wants to promote differences. And really at the heart of it, especially when it comes to female coaches, we're all facing the same challenges, the same barriers. A coach in Zambia is facing the same challenge that someone in Melbourne, Australia is facing. There's no different. And so I really want the network to be that coach to the power of the network. That's the analyst in me though. Uh, But, you know, I think um, we want to promote an environment, um, a group where nothing is off limits and how often women feel like they can't ask a question in a group because they might look dumb or uh, they don't want to look like they don't know as much as the male coaches do in the room when really there's probably 99% of the other male coaches are thinking exactly the same thing. Um, and so this is really a network that is exclusively for women so that we can ask 
any question we want and we've got a collective group of coaches and it doesn't matter if you're part of the leadership you're a co-founder you're able to be you're able to help someone regardless of whether you've coached for one year or 50. Yeah I think that's what I like about it is that uh, it's going to create an environment where people can speak up without having the fear of judgment. I think that's a big barrier to females in in any sport and in in any rank, whether they're an athlete or an aspiring coach or a referee. It's always that fear of judgment for trying something new or stepping out of the box or advocating for yourself. So, And the other part of that I'm thinking for this network is that um, aspiring coaches of any age and of any level of experience will get to work in parallel with people as experienced as yourself and of the mentors that we'll get into a bit later. And I think sometimes when you're working side by side, um, it really builds up the confidence and and the kind of like the self-advocacy, I guess, of, of those newcomers rather than having that in power imbalance, yeah, working side by side as, as mentors or like people on the same playing field, it's going to be, um, yeah, really, really fruitful, I think. Exactly. <laughs> so before we go on, to a couple of things. One of the things I want to ask about is Morocco, you know, and, and A.S. Saleh. How did that go? I mean, you, you're laughing. <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for Vic. Uh, she could probably tell you all about it. <laughs> Look, coaching in Morocco was by far the most challenging coaching experience of my career. Um, okay. You know, not every every job you do, be it corporate or coaching, you're going to love. Because it was so challenging, I really learnt a lot. And I love Morocco as a country. Rabat as a city was amazing. The Moroccan people were great, super friendly. I know, um, Paul, you had a great time when mm. you were there. But in terms of um, the team structure uh, and, the, and the management, I've learnt some valuable lessons in what I will accept and what I won't moving forward. But I think I learned a lot about ego management and emotional intelligence. Uh, It was very different from coaching sub-Saharan teams. You know, I had players cry every week um, and that's something I've never experienced as a coach. And so understanding that Moroccans or maybe North Africans are a lot more emotional, passionate, and because I'm not like that, as a, maybe it's an Australian thing as well, and learning to find a middle ground and um, work through those kind of emotions was very challenging. And I think I developed a, my EQ a lot um, while coaching there. And um, but I also had some really great players. Uh, you know, our player Harona, who was MVP in Morocco, and our best player in the BAL getting the opportunity to work with such a professional player like that is always a great opportunity. And um, they had some great young players and some vet players that I learned a lot from as well. Um, And so all in all, challenging, but rewarding in the sense that moving forward, I know exactly what, you know, I will accept from my next team. Um, and, I, and and it's actually really helped me with negotiating for with clubs moving into BAL qualifiers because I'm like, these are things I will no longer accept and these are things that must be done as I move forward. I was going to ask about the cultural differences between mm. between the two groups that you've coached. Yeah. Um, you've obviously, you notice that there's a difference. How did you find managing the differences in the personalities, the cultural personalities, once you realised what you had to deal with? 
it changed my approach in how I would normally with like say sub-Saharan Africans, I could be like, here's the video, here are the advanced analytics and, you know, fact, 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 let's fix these things. And with a Moroccan, it would be like, so what do you think about our, you know, our defensive rating and how you impact that? You know, so it's more of a gentle, soft approach or I would probably end up with tears. So I really had to learn empathy because it's just something I haven't seen in a lot of males. So it's quite, oh, okay. And learning to be a little more gentle when, you know, early on when I was coaching men, I thought I had to be a hard ass and be like, look at this. And how do you call this basketball, what you're doing, you know? And so actually it's kind of, it's a nicer approach because sometimes I walk away being like, oh man, such a bad person with how I dealt with that but players are different like you know Jacinta can speak to this as well like feedback is different for everybody and whether you know you're Moroccan or you're Kenyan I think it has it comes down to that individual preference okay I'm going to change tack a little bit before we get back to the the initiative and we need to introduce Vic to our (laughs) audience because we've heard about you (laughs) <laughs> and, and on your journeys through Africa with Liz, mm. I didn't realise that you're working at, at Deloitte mm. in financial services consulting. Yes. You know, to most people, they'd be looking at this going, oh, top four tier consulting company, financial services consulting, and then they're going to go, massive disconnect, African basketball. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what, what, what brings it all together? Yeah, so look, I've, I've had a really interesting journey over the last couple of years when I finished coaching and playing back in, I think, uh, 20, 2011? 2011, yeah. Um, it was kind of a decision where I, I had finished my master's degree in international relations and I had wanted to, instead of reading about policies and development and, and Africa was always my my passion I thought okay I'm going to go out there and and see what's happening on the ground and luckily enough uh, you know we were able to connect with a number of NGOs and I, I worked for several during two or three years that I was based in southern Africa and I was lucky too because a lot of them still tied into sport so you know, we worked at the Olympic Youth Development Centre in Zambia, for example, and I supported the the centre director there. And, you know, basketball was still a part of my life. You know, Liz was coaching out there. That's her first coaching gig was was in Zambia. Mm-hmm. And when I came back to Australia, I I just sort of landed in, in a small, what was it, uh, accounting firm. And from there, I, I've sort of bounced into bigger roles in actuarial consulting and then into to Deloitte, which is the biggest professional service body in the world. So in saying that, finance is sort of like uh, basketball, very male-dominated, um, mm. but I've also had some great female leaders and bosses. So I've had some amazing mentors, male and female, but I've always believed that you can have great opportunities when you're not even really searching for them. I've been really lucky with where I've landed in a chief of staff role. It's been very 
challenging at times, but I've also got to have the experience of working throughout Asia now. So I've learned about different cultures, different concepts and ways that people work. And I also get to work across the global team of Deloitte through Europe and the US. So I've had that career development in in a different space, but I always try and bring the way that I come to the table as a team player through what I've learned through basketball. Teamwork, leadership, adversity, getting everyone across the line, recognising what value everyone brings to the table are things that I still implement in my day-to-day role as well. Okay. Yep. That's all the stuff I like to say to kids of like this is the basketball is just the vehicle for all of these life skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely resonated with that because I still use the same things you mentioned in my day to day nine to five as well, which isn't basketball related at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, you've both had like lots of international experience in different types of work settings and contexts, but you know, polar opposite ends. So to speak, but where does it kind of cross over, or what are some of the things that you've each learned in your respective areas that you've then, you know, kind of swapped? So, something, Vic, that you've learned from Liz's experience that you've adopted, and vice versa. Great question. I can go first because um, Vic is modest. She didn't just land this chief of staff role at Deloitte. She's probably one of the youngest chief of staffs for Deloitte and it was her first time as a chief of staff. And so, you know, seeing her pick up a a role that she's never done before in a high-flying corporate environment, which is fast-paced, a lot of pressure, makes me, uh, like I learned that, you know, being driven, being focused, trusting yourself, backing yourself, no matter what the situation is, um, is critical. And she showed that when she moved across to Deloitte last year. So that's something I learned from Vic. Mm. For, for Liz, I think the, the lowest points I've seen Liz have been um, around what she would classify as failures. But to me, the fact that she's been able to bounce back has been truly inspiring and is still continuously motivated to keep chasing her goals. So I think she's spoken to you guys about, you know, that 2017 championship, trying to qualify for AfroBasket with, with Zambia. And, you know, she'll tell you straight out, it took her a couple of months to bounce back. And it was really about searching deeply inside and going, okay, do I still want this? Do I still you know, have that love and passion and desire to chase that goal? Is it worth the sacrifice? Because there's a difference between a man sacrificing for that spot or a female. Because essentially, Liz is not getting paid a lot. And sometimes in the early days was never getting paid. So was she willing to sacrifice what she needed to chase her dream? So I think, you know, that case in Zambia and also what happened in Morocco was tough. But she's come home and the assessment has become shorter, you know, as she she begins to learn what her lessons from those events. But it takes a big person to not just look at yourself in the mirror to see superficially what, oh, yeah, I'm going to change this, this and this, but to dig deep and really understand what part did I play in that? What can I change? What can I own up to? And what am I going to demand of myself to get better next time? So um, I think... 
from her lessons, you know, we pick up from each other, but we're also each other's greatest supporters. So, you know, we like to encourage, obviously encourage each other. And we also know a lot of um, our own flaws. You got to recognize yeah. your own flaws, appreciate them too, but also go, okay, how am I going to get better in that area? Hey, I know Liz is really good in this department. Let me see how she approaches that. But, you know, we live together as well. So, you know, we can get on each other. We can bounce off each other. Very well. <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely kinda, not doing that. It sounds like you kind of complement each other. Occasionally. Lots of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Occasionally. <laughs> I look more diplomatic. Can I, can I, can I tell you? She's acting like she, you know, you know, basketball's like way behind her. At Afro Basket. while she's, you know, she's not sitting on the bench, but she, as soon as I half time, She's walking right next to me, giving me some helpful hints. No, uh, there's lots, of, there's lots well. of great post-game analysis. And if what you ever have to sit next to her in the stands, bring some headphones because it gets rather loud and rude very quickly. I have, a strong <laughs> feeling, I have strong feelings towards referees, especially in Africa. It's a next level. Um, so, yeah, I have to be really careful who sits next to me. If I do end up with the VIP, you know, like the, the presidents and stuff like that, it is incredibly difficult because I have to, like, constantly be like, don't say anything, don't say anything. <laughs> so Vic actually got me, um, what was it? Did, was it rejected from a game? Oh, I did, yeah. No, she got me suspended. Yeah, she I got did. me suspended. Yeah, yeah. I came all the way off the stands onto the floor and had yeah. a, a little bit of a domestic with the referee. But that was a yeah, long time I, ago. It was a long time They ago. thought it was me, so I got suspended. That was fun. Less yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I now see, I have to put her like she has to dress very differently to me. See, this this is where it's really good with you know as twins because then you could kind of wasn't me, it was her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you know what was actually really funny was when we were at Afro when people would come by they'd be like oh can I have a photo can I have a photo and I was like I'm not Liz you know I'm not I'm not Liz and they'd be like that's okay I'm like oh because the say it was me so it's fine. <laughs> but, but it was pretty funny. There was a lot of love, I think, for Liz at, at Afro. And I think in Morocco, I, I don't think you highlighted that, Liz, was mm -hmm. the fact that there were a lot of young women and, and girls that came to the games to see Liz. I think, was it a mum with her kids came and spoke oh, to no, that yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, that was in BAL in Senegal. Oh, yeah. but, yes. but even in Morocco, um, you know, we would be at away games and the away fans were more excited to see me than A.S. Sally, who are the biggest team in Morocco. And, look, I I had a lot of love from girls and women there and I made sure I went to watch some of the, you know, youth girls teams play and ran a practice session with them as well, and uh, which was a lot more than I have done previously because I just haven't had the time and uh, because of COVID we were kept in bubbles. So... But like we've spoken about previously, it's the value of having a very visible role model. And, you know, I think that's also one of the reasons why with the leadership group for the Global Women in Basketball Coaching Network, I was like, some of these women might not be household names, but they should be. You know, they're trailblazers in their own right. And if we can create... Um, sure, there's great women out there like Becky Hammond and Adisha Curry, and who's coaching in the uh, with Portland Trailblazers. These women are amazing, but it's also what what do we have in our FIBA network that people can relate to? So, yeah. 
So let, let's talk about the initiative because there's, there's so much to unpack here. I mean, we've got a pretty good idea of what your vision is for this. I want to understand how you're looking at your you're engaging with your target audience, your plans, and how do people get involved? Because I think it's a great initiative. I think it's a spectacular initiative. I think it's it's way past its due date. So for anybody who's listening to the podcast, how do they get involved? What sort of people do you want to have involved and what's your plans so that they can get on board with it? Okay. Well, basically, at the end of the day, it's all about women connecting with women. But in saying that, we've got a great group of seven other elite female coaches who work with men, women, and juniors. And we're, as a leadership group, each month, one of the, the leadership coaches will launch a topic that we will be discussing for that month. And so, for example, in September, I'm going to kick this off and I will be talking about planning and evaluation will be our subject because a lot of teams are in preseason. And so that instigates that topic for the month. But at no time do we say you can't ask a random question. It can be offense. It could be defense. It could be a challenge you're facing. The group is open. And so what we're also hoping is, you know, topic every month, but we're also going to interview every three months one of the leadership coaches and we're going to open up the forum. So it's kind of like a Q&A. There's no limit. You can ask whatever you want, but it's also a way of introducing and highlighting our leadership coaches who come from across the world. And in that way, we're not only building up our leadership coaches, we are also uh, making them available so that they can answer any questions because not every coach is going to relate to me. My coaching journey is um, quite unique. Where, and so there might be uh, a leadership coach that someone else might relate to. For example, we've got Fleur McIntyre, who's representing Australia, um, assistant coach with the Sydney Kings. So she might be more relatable to our Australian-based coaches. And so I think to answer your question, Paul, um, it is very much a learning process for Vic and I. You know, we're often bouncing off ideas. I mean, Vic loves polls and um, throwing questions out to our community. And I think that's probably what we're really going to, it's going to be trial and error, to be honest. In that first couple of months, we might end up, you know, saying to the group, hey, what are some of the topics you want to discuss right now? Because what I might think is relevant is not relevant for 90% of the people. So we might have to rejiggle our schedule, change some topics. Um, we want to be adaptable and be able to pivot to be able to answer the most relevant and pressing issues that our coach, because uh, that's the fundamental problem. I've been in a couple of coaching groups now. I won't name one specifically. And um, I love it when they're run by men who tell us what we need to know without actually asking our opinion. That's a personal favourite of mine. And <laughs> Vic could talk about that as well when it comes to corporate. But, yeah, I think, uh, and also, uh, Paul, just to answer your other question, the pages is at the moment only on Facebook. It yep. is restricted just to women. Again, this is, this is phase one. 
Um, so, you know, we might obviously move it out to a wider audience later, but ultimately we're, we're starting on Facebook and then it might move into other platforms as we go. Okay. And what, um, what level of experience or age or anything in, in what part of a female coach's journey do you recommend they be at to join the group or even if maybe they're just a 17 year old rep kid that does coaching on the side are they someone suitable to join the group too for us we decided we wanted to actually cast a really wide net we want to um have coaches who are you know 17 year olds and just i mean Vic and i started coaching when we were 16 for basketball and so we want to have that beginner coach and we want the advanced coach as well because as much as as you think an advanced coach can't learn from a beginner coach you'd be surprised (laughs) because how they might see something you might be a little bit old school and be like ah it's a different perspective what we're going to make sure of though is say for example our topics which is planning and evaluating in september I will put on that that this is mainly for beginner and intermediate coaches. Then Brittany is going to be doing one on scouting, which is for elite coaches. So we're going to try and balance out the subjects and the level of each topic as the months go on. Obviously, we're not always going to be able to cater for everyone um, because if you try and cater for everybody, you lose everyone. And so... We're hoping that, you know, if you're a beginner coach, you're going to obviously observe and learn a lot. It's probably the intermediate coaches who are the ones who are kind of deciding, oh, do I want to do this professionally? Do I want to work with seniors? Do I want to work with national teams, juniors, etc.? That's probably the sweet point. And then the elite coaches, um, we're really looking for them to impart their words of wisdom and give back that's what really the network is about them and being able to mentor the coaches below them because that has like even more opportunity um Mm. just in that sense of of beginner coaches having access to intermediate or expert coaches in a way where like you said a beginner coach could bring something to their attention but Mm. for those intermediate and elite coaches if they're able to you know, teach someone and kind of explain something properly to a beginner coach that's going to cement it uh, in their, their own mind as well. What's that saying? How like if you're able to teach it, it shows that you really, really know what you're talking about. So even we do so many things in day-to-day life and nine-to-fives and coaching that we just do automatically now because, yeah. you know, it's just become ingrained in our in our system, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But when we're able to pass it on to someone else, it just cements it and reminds us and keeps us accountable as well as kind of like mentors. True. I read something recently where they said, you can be a coach of 50 years but only have one year experience that you're repeating 50 times or a coach of five years experience who has learned for five years. Mm. Mm. Deep. Yeah. Indeed. I wish I remember where I read it from. <laughs> probably Twitter. <laughs> What's that one Twitter account where it's like um, oh, constant coach. like basketball coaching? Yeah, 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 coach yeah I love that one. Awesome. The coaches keep on. This is yeah. defense, you know, not defense, which is true. Well, but, I mean, let's face it. Twitter is is the source of all wisdom now. Oh, of course, we should have launched the page on Twitter. I just didn't know how to make it private. <laughs> 
And I think the other good flow and effect that I'm hoping to see is that once people start connecting in your group, they might figure out they're in similar areas or similar mm. levels. Same country in real even. Life, how good is meeting your internet friends in real life <laughs> the best? And then you're going to have those local strength in numbers and then they can go and get their friends and their friends and that's you're going to start building all these little microcosms, whatever that word is, little communities <laughs> um, that have that kind of flow on effect. Because I remember rocking up to the Basketball Africa League in Senegal and I saw this other woman on the bench and I'm like, who is she? You know? (laughs) Little territorial maybe. I was like, I'm the only one allowed to be here. (laughs) Um, And she ended up being assistant coach for the Dakar University Club and she's actually Coach Cardi Diop is one of our uh, mentor coaches or leadership coaches representing Senegal and Africa. And so, you know, now we've built a great relationship and Vic and I are about to head over mm. to France and Germany for um, some basketball. And so I'll see Lauriane, who coaches in France. And, like, these are women I've never met before, but I've, you know, admired, um, seen their work or heard about them. And I'm going to go to go and watch her practice. And she's got a great coaching career. I'm going to learn a lot from her. So it also means that, for example, coach might be going to America or might be going over to Africa or Europe or Asia and she might be able to be like, hey, I'm going to drop in on so-and-so and watch her run practice. Mm. Mm. Like these are things that I think would be amazing. And I, I even saw that we just had the MBL One East Conference Finals just mm. this weekend and yep. I saw that in the flesh. Renee Garlop was coaching the North Bears in the semifinal against Aubrey Wodonga, and Fleur McIntyre was behind her, turned up to watch Renee's game. Exactly. So that's what we're trying to build. Personally, I think it is one of the most exciting initiatives I've heard about in basketball for a long time. It's different. It's got so many positives. And the other thing that I'm really seeing is it's a way to address – there's no no better way of putting it, but a lot of female coaches are delegitimized by male coaches, this is going to address it. Definitely. Gives you that uh, support framework I I will chime in and say as well, though, the times where I have felt invalidated as a female coach is actually more by other women. Yeah. And it will be other, you know, I would be coaching uh, junior female teams and I'll have a female manager and it will be the mothers of the opposition who would actually make me feel more invalidated than any uh, male coach I would coach against or sometimes with. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, and I wonder. This is brutal. This is why I don't coach juniors. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I even had uh, an elimination final last time I coached. I don't. I haven't coached uh, reps properly in a while. Last time I had a full season under 18 girls, Div 1, elimination final in Maitland. And we had mothers from the other team sitting at the end of my bench watching me, what I was doing, what I was saying, what I was saying to the referees. But sucked in, we won and what knocked them out. But, um, yeah, I, and I'm not too sure if uh, I weigh those experiences between males and females a little bit differently because I expect females, because that's how I am and I know that I people can't be the same as me, but I expect or at least hope 
that females are going to support other females and have a little bit more kindness and compassion and, and yeah. kind of like celebration when we mm-hmm. see this kind of stuff. So I, maybe when I when I, I feel invalidated in those instances by mums, then I'm just it hurts a little bit more maybe. For sure. I think um, the biggest thing is because there's not enough room for us or we think there's not enough room for us, we've created a competition. And that's probably men doing that to us more than anything. And so one of the really big things on the network and part of the, you know, the rules of the group were around kindness and being supportive. Basically, we're creating a new table. Mm. And so that table means there's a seat for all of us. And therefore, there's no competition. There's no need to bring other women down. We're here to support each other and uplift each other. And you see, I get people asking me, why are you always promoting these other coaches? And I'm like, because I think what they're doing is amazing. And so I don't coach in France. I don't coach, you know, the Virgin Islands national team. Mm. So, of course, I'm going to sit there and promote other women. And I think we won't, we won't feel the the criticism by our male counterparts, who are a few, not all male coaches are like that, that invalidation won't matter to us because we've got our own community where we feel validated and that's all the validation we need. You've got a home to come to. Exactly. Like, oh, this person was an asshole towards us. That's a reflection of him. That's not on us. And it's just like those mothers for you, Jacinta. It has nothing to do with you. And I think it's about actually changing that narrative early because we don't want the younger female coaches coming up to feel that hostility. I actually felt when I was in my 20s and early 30s, acting like I'm 40 years old, um, (laughs) that um, I didn't get support from older women. You know, Um, they didn't reach down and help pull me up. And I think our age group, It's our role to do that and to change that narrative. We rise by lifting others and that's what we should be doing with this network. Amen to that. And I think in terms of the the parents, they are completely different beasts. You know, parents in competitive situations can be incredibly ugly in behaviour. We've all seen it somewhere along the way. Unfortunately, they're just seeing it as a way to, you know, yes, they had a go at you. In their head, they're here, oh, we're doing something to help our team win. And, and they're not realising what they're really doing. But it was illegal as well. You're not supposed to be sitting at the end of my bench. No. No one, no one sits on the bench unless you're registered. Uh, it's my bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like it does. <laughs> It's mine, okay? Most, yeah. the, the most malicious tactic of helping your team that there is uh, is intimidating, uh, sitting at the end of a bench illegally and intimidating yeah, a young yeah. female. Uh, like, get uh, out of here. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there, there is no way it's justifiable. True. Uh, the, only, the only thing you can put it down to is it's parents who, you know, and it is a generalisation, they're living out their own failed dreams through their kids. True. You know? So you've mentioned a few of your the other coaches involved. Let's talk about them for a little bit. Let's start off with the group. You've got Spain, Senegal, Cape Verde, Portugal, which mm-hmm. most people have probably never heard of Cape Verde, but... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? 
Uh, France, how did you connect with all these people? Well, two of them I had connected during the Basketball Africa League. So that was Mary Andrada, who um, coached with Petro Delawana, who uh, beat us in the playoffs. Um, but uh, she was an assistant coach, but she's um, part of the Pelicans G League team, assistant coach with them. And then I met, obviously, uh, Coach Cardi, who was coaching with Dakar University Club. And so when Vic and I were kind of thinking about this, it was how do we – represent you know the different continents in the best possible way who are the trailblazing women in each of these continents and it was basically just speaking to some commentators FIBA commentators because you know as Jacinta can tell us um, you end up commentating on such a wide variety of games across the FIBA competitions and so it was picking out Oh, well, Gail, our coach from Belgium, for example, was the first woman to interim head coach during the Basketball Champions League this year. And then we have, you know, Brittany, who is um, the first female assistant coach to win a championship with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Fleur obviously did amazing with the Sydney Kings this year. Um, so the theme was finding out and it was basically me just introducing myself and being like hey <laughs> um you know I've heard you've been amazing in your position and um I'm thinking about doing this with my sister Vic would you be interested in being part of the leadership group and let's just say it wasn't exactly a hard sell all these women you know signed on really quickly and said this is something they would love to be part of and they're all pushing out the initiatives within their countries Okay. I probably left off some coaches. Oh, Anna. Okay. Yeah, actually, Anna from Spain, I should mention, she was the first woman to coach in the ACB, which is the Spanish men's Division One elite, and that's the best league in Europe. Um, and then she went across and head coached in Colombia, first woman to do that. So, you know, we've all shattered glass ceilings somewhere and we've all faced challenges we've all been told no and we've all got some really unique stories that I think will resonate with a lot of the other coaches within the network please right. tell me I haven't forgotten anybody no no I just haven't <laughs> no, I'll, I'll yeah Lorianne who was also she coached in yeah, pro a as an assistant coach and uh, now she's at Mulhouse in NM1 She's head coaching there. She actually, her team, and Vic, is this mm. correct? Because Vic uh, follows the French League. She came runners-up. Yeah, the no, they did season. a great job, actually, yeah. so she And she was pregnant. She gave birth during the last season and they ended up, yeah, runners-up. So they just missed out on being promoted into Pro B. So it was great to, to watch uh, her coach and her passion and uh, give the guys a bit of a run for their money, for sure. And to be honest, hearing some of their stories, I actually think it's probably harder being a female coach in Europe than it is in Africa. Uh, I think, you know, you have okay. pros and cons everywhere. That's a whole other podcast, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Vicky, are you more across the Euro Leagues compared to Liz? Uh, I'll be honest, outside of the French League, uh, not really. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. Very niche, very niche. Yeah, just yeah, I know, and it's so random. I know, but yeah, French. French but there's a lot league. of Africans who play in play. France, and so you know, yeah. like when we go to France, we're basically just like following 
I, like I'll see some former players that I've coached um, and, you know, Vic's friends with a couple of players there as well. So we'll be able to drop in and uh, hoping to see Lauriane in Strasbourg near where she coaches and then uh, Gail in Belgium. But, but if we're talking about NBA, there's only one team to follow. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure you guys know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, well, shouldn't be a, uh, no, no, no. You've put it out there. It's, well, he, he's not a team. Actually, he is the team, and he's the only reason I follow the team. Um, we're talking about Jimmy Butler, of course, from the Miami Heat. So let's <laughs> let's not talk about Jimmy. Let's stay on top. Love, love Jimmy. Okay. So. I love it. I, I knew she was going to be able to find some way to put that <laughs> The new podcast, Podcast After Dark, Thirst Trap Edition. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. One of our friends of the podcast, Lyndon Moore, who was covering the inaugural yes. New Zealand League, I know exactly who she would enter because she and I tag each other in posts all the time. Oh, my who God, is who it? is it? <laughs> I'm not telling you on air. I'm going to tell you off air. <laughs> <laughs> it's too close to call for me to be, oh. to be broadcasting, but I'd already broadcast enough stupid facts about myself on the internet. <laughs> Some things hey, I look, if it's, not, if it's not Kawhi Leonard, I don't need to hear about it. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, where was Kawhi last season? I'm sorry, how many championships does Jimmy have? That's a good point. Have a good point. But sorry, Paul. Back on track. No, 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 this is good. Actually, you've made a great segue into the next thing I want to talk about. And it's really unfortunate because it's going to sound really self-serving coming from me. But male advocates for how many are there and how, how do you Get them involved. I mean, look, Lena, Lena touched on it. It is important. And I also see it and I think to myself, these amazing athletes, coaches, administrators who need to be supported. I don't need to f- hold the flag, but these individuals, and they're all really talented, need to be supported. And I tell people, actually... This evening I was coming from a meeting and I was talking to a recently retired senator and I was talking to him about women's basketball and he actually knew Rahani Cox. We were able to discuss it and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm really interested in the sport. So it's there. How do we get people who have this this desire, this, this interest in supporting women across basketball to assist you with this program? Okay. Well, I think Vic and I actually have both been really lucky, both in basketball and in corporate careers, to have great male mentors and men who have supported us along the way. Um, Vic and I actually started coaching basketball because we were tapped on the shoulder by a male coach. And he, he recognized the leadership skills that we had and he took us under his wing. Um, So shout out to Daniel Fisher from Northern Suburbs. And so in terms of this initiative, it's actually been really interesting to see. We've actually had um, some legitimate male coaches try to join the network and Paul too, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's also a really positive sign. And I wish I could decline and say, I'm really sorry. This is currently just for women. You know, later on, we'd love to have you as Vic touched on. But in terms of what immediately what they can do, they can 
find the page and share the link with the female coaches that they know and encourage them to join the network. They can also encourage them to be active participants in the network mm. by saying, what coaches did you connect with? What's the topic for this month's topic in the network? What have you learned? And to constantly engage with them about the network. It's also about men thinking about when they hire a coach, be that an assistant or an, uh, an intern or a volunteer, it's maybe reaching out to the network and saying, hey, this is a job opportunity. Could you post this on your network? Because we're looking to promote females. Or part of their criteria might be, are you part of this network? We think, you know, from a, from a club perspective, say I'm Northern Suburbs Basketball Association. Well, I want all our females to be part of this network and promoting it like that. Vic, is there any other ways you, I mean, you think? Look, you yeah, I mean, I'm probably taking it more from my, like a corporate experience as well is, you know, do you, do you set targets? Do you put things into KPIs and have specific training and accountability around pathways and succession planning of women, not just as coaches, but behind in, in the back office, in the executive teams of the clubs of um, Basketball Australia? So, you know, I'm tackling maybe the corporate body behind the, the game. So, for example, what kind of mentorship program is happening in Basketball Australia? What, what are the, the male coaches, you know, at the clubs, what are they doing? Because quite often, you know, you can, you can spot talented leaders quite at an early age. Do you make it a KPI to say, you know, when you are interviewing for a head coach of the under 18 men's team, you have to have one for one. So one male and one female candidate. Mm. You know, if you can't find a female candidate, okay, well, you got to wait till you can. So, and that's a great way to come to the network and go, hey, uh, Fleur or, or Liz, you know, where we're looking for someone who's got 10 years experience, who's coached at the, the state level at, at minimum, you know, uh, could you recommend two or three women that we could interview? So I think there has to be a level of transparency, accountability. And I'm not, not saying, you know, we have to have 50-50 on the board and that's mandatory, but we have to be working towards it. We've got to be sharing those numbers with the public, with the shareholders. What, what are you doing? What is your plan, your succession planning? What, what is happening in the DE&I space? So diversity, equality, inclusion. And, 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 you know, obviously we don't, you know, it's not just gender, it's age, it's, it's race, it's, you know, different backgrounds it's, and stuff. It, ultimately, we're hoping that a network like this forces federations, local associations to really challenge the decision makers who are predominantly male to start thinking about those kind of strategies that Vic just spoke about. And it's and, also not attacking men. Mm, they are, mm. and, and Paul, you, 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 you stated it really well, it's allies. It's, you know, having both sides at the table ultimately. So we, we need men to come on this journey with us. It, it's not about exclusion at the moment. It, it's about creating that safe environment. Mm. And phase one, phase two, phase three, who knows where we'll end up in the next, you know, year, two, three years. And we might be able to extract enough data to be able to build almost an ally program for male coaches. 
and in terms of educating them on how to better be allies and mm. be supporters of feet. Because I think some, there's actually a lot of good-hearted male coaches out there. They actually just don't know how to be supportive and or how, how to, to plug in. And, you plug know, in. Yeah. and so we might be able to find some great research within the network it, to be like, oh, okay, this was an, an amazing experience for this female coach who was mentored by this man. And maybe we can write a blueprint that we can give to federations. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, that's like long term down the down the line, but you know, baby steps to start with. There's so much potential, though. Yeah, I'm actually thinking, like, as Vic, Vic and I and Jessica and Paul, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's. I can see this becoming a really huge initiative. Oh, uh, don't tell me that. I'm already stressed. <laughs> No, nah, look, I, I, I can because I think it's it's filling a gap. It's providing a support network. It's providing learning. From my point of view, I have one question. Have you ever thought of taking these skills that are going to be pulled together and actually directing it to the corporate world? That is um, something that I've actually been thinking about in terms of having probably more a side gig as a consultant. Um, I think this is, and Vic could easily tap into this and another friend of mine that I'm working on this kind of project with, uh, Coach Nima, who's a coach from Melbourne. We've been discussing how we can bring what we've learned, especially in Africa, where diversity, culture, age, you know, race, etc., is all an issue. And these are things that are also problems in basically any corporations. And also that winning mentality and all the, the skills that you learn in sport about mental toughness. Um, resilience. Thought, yeah, resilience, etc. These are things that you could definitely walk into a corporate environment and preach. And so it's all about a matter of time. Like, you know, I want to be back in Africa towards the end of this year, coaching the BAL qualifiers. And so I think the priority for me was always going to be this network first and foremost. Um, mm. This is definitely a passion project and I wouldn't have been able to set it up without Vic and, you know, we're volunteering all these hours and asking the seven other leadership coaches to do the same. And it's something that we're really passionate about and we want to focus and make it the best it can be before moving on to a project like you mentioned, Paul. But that's definitely something I'd like to do in the future. Okay. Looking forward to that. When you're ready to launch that, let me know. I've got plenty of places I can think of that would really benefit. Do you really tell in in a lot of workplace settings who's played sport growing up Mm. and who hasn't? Yeah, totally. Okay, guys, so here's the, the, the big thing which is coming up for us, the FIBA Women's World Cup. Any favourite games and any predictions? Well, well I think we'll, we'll definitely be out there supporting Mali for, for sure, you know, representing Africa. So we'll, we'll try to get to as many games as we can for them. Obviously, it's wonderful to see Lauren Jackson back wearing the green and gold. I think just her leadership experience and will be fundamental for the team. So, but always fun to see the Americans. I mean, it's very rare for us to get to see that quality of, of basketball here 
uh, on our shores, kind of like when we had Team USA out here um, prior to the 2019 World Champs in, in China. So, yeah, no, I think I'll be be pretty excited to try and, and see at least the Americans play. Um, I know Belgium was quite strong uh, during the Olympics. They had a really nice, crisp offense, really liked and the way that they Japanese. played. Yeah, the, the Japanese as well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them play. Um, to be honest, Vic and I actually haven't watched a lot of women's basketball over the last couple of years just because we've been so immersed on the men's side. So the opportunity to have the games here and being able to go um, has just basically reawakened our love for, for women's basketball. basically feel like I don't even need to watch the games because you tell me <laughs> everything I need to know. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, for us it's coming back to the women's game and being able to just like basically go up the road and watch the best women's basketball players on the planet play yeah. and also the opportunity to support an African team in Mali and hope to see them get some wins at the tournament as well. Okay, so we need to sign you up for the pickup game as well. We're very good spectators. That's great. Come and spectate. It, look, it's really just a good way to get all of our I – love, mm. I love using this term because it's a little bit dorky, but it's true, but all of our internet friends together, yes. uh, meet face-to-face, bit of networking, have a chat, come and spectate, come and play on the rack if you want to. But, yeah, we'll definitely be organising yeah. something. Yeah, we'll keep us posted. Um, yeah. If Vic and I are in country, we will be there. <laughs> cool. For sure. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. It's always great talking to you, Liz. Actually, I think, yes, actually, I'm pretty sure, you are our first three-peat guest. I feel very honoured. <laughs> I feel on, very honoured. MJ. Honestly, like I, I've had the pleasure inverted commas i'm doing a lot of podcasts and i've got to say this is easily my favorite and even like when my friends listen to it they're like oh we can tell how much you love being on the show with Justin and paul and i'm like oh i would be a guest every time honestly <laughs> so, but probably sometimes i'm like how long are you guys chatting for are you guys still talking you're like what, what is happening they've done a lot of editing so normally like if it's two hours that's the standard yeah and, like are you yeah. still on the phone what's happening <laughs> <laughs> guys thanks so much for joining us it's been great i'm really looking forward to seeing how the initiative develops love to check in again see how it's grown and who knows maybe we can try and do like a panel session with some of the other other coaches yeah, right? so, so we can really get some some ideas kicking back and forth love it again thanks so much it's been great liz having you here again and vic meeting you yeah no thank you very much i really enjoyed it Shooting the Breeze can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends.